All right, and we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos and Inside Sports. It is the time again for NBA free agency. So many fresh faces in different places, and there's so much going on. There's been some major news going on, especially within recent days. And here to talk with me now is our NBA man in the know. It's Anthony Barberin. And Anthony, first off, it's a great time for you and I both indeed as a resurgence of L.A. basketball is now close at hand. Yeah, absolutely. Got the news that Kawhi was coming and Paul George as well. And the Clippers didn't give up. Some people say they did, but I don't think they gave up a whole lot to get them. I mean, five future first-round picks, they're most likely all going to be at the end of the first round. And you get Kawhi Leonard, you get Paul George, and you keep Landry Shamit, you keep Jerome Robinson, you keep Montrez Harrell, you keep Lou Williams, you remove Gallinari's contract, you lose Shea Gilders Alexander, who I think they drafted him to be a tradable asset in the first place, and you get two of the top five MVP candidates this year. Paul George seemed to have had the best year of his career. Kawhi finals MVP, won a championship. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see. I haven't felt this good about my team since, you know, draft night 2009. So I'm, I'm feeling real good, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, being a contender for an NBA championship this year. Well, they are right now in Las Vegas, the pick to go ahead and go all the way in the NBA, surpassing the Lakers with their Anthony Davis move, which was one of the major moves of the offseason I agree with you right now. With the Clippers, you've got to put them at the forefront as far as the favorites are concerned. And I told you before off camera that I'm so happy in a way for your organization because as a Lakers fan who has seen so many people as far as that are fans of my team, the Los Angeles Lakers, just be so ravaged and so bullying so and so mean to the Clippers – now, part of it's deserved because of the incompetence for so many years as far as the organization is concerned. But even in the days of when Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and where they weren't going as far as you and I both probably thought that they should go in the hierarchy as far as the NBA playoffs are concerned, it's good to see them have a chance now, not only just a chance, but to be the favorite it's almost 50 years of an organization, but it looks like that they will finally get out of the NBA second round of the playoffs, which they've never done before. This is a team that has unfortunately just year after year after year found ways not to get it done. And it looks like now they have a great shot in doing so. So as an organization, I'm happy for you and happy for the Clippers. And I think there is a lot of great signs going ahead. They've got a lot of depth still, even after the trade. The future, like you said, with the draft picks for both the Lakers and Clippers, for what both gave away in regards to that, you're hoping that the Lakers and Clippers will continuously be successful so there will be just no more than late-round picks. But for the future going forward, it looks very good, at least in the short term, for both the Lakers and the Clippers, and they're both strong contenders now for the NBA championship. And with that, there's also... Another major free agency pickup or two that really changed the face of what's going on within the Western and Eastern Conference. We talked a little bit about Kawhi and Paul George going to the Clippers. We've talked a little bit about Anthony Davis 
coming and teaming with LeBron, creating that dynamic in the Western Conference that will look really strong for both teams coming up here in the playoffs. But I want to ask you first about one of the other big moves as far as free agency is concerned, and that is the Brooklyn Nets getting both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Obviously, with Kevin Durant's injury, this season is probably not going to look as good, but going forward down the road, two, three years down the line, this could really be a team that will probably have its say in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I have Brooklyn on my list as one of my five winners in the offseason. I think you have to give it to them simply because of who they got. I don't know how well those two fit together with that team or the organization, how they come together around those two, but just the hall of those two players and the caliber players that they are, you have to give Brooklyn the nod as far as being on the plus side of this offseason. You get Kevin Durant, who's won two of the last three championships, two of the last three finals MVPs. He's one of the all-time greats. You get Kyrie, who's got an NBA championship, been to the finals a few times, has hit big shots in the playoffs. His Boston run didn't go well, but, you know, he's still a premier point guard in the league. So you add those two players, you you lose D'Angelo Russell, a younger, cheaper option, but you get Kyrie. So you add that. I mean, I think this is a wash year for Kevin Durant, which he might not even step on the court, which could net you, if I'm not missing anything, a, a high draft pick in the draft so that when Kevin Durant comes back, you have a young guy that you can team up with that will push them forward in next season as opposed to this upcoming season. If Durant was healthy this year, you would put them close to the top of the Eastern Conference because a a few of these other teams that were up there, you know, have slid down the mountain, so to speak. So Brooklyn is in a great spot. I think they did really well. They're they're definitely in my uh, top five. I still think they're going to be a playoff team simply because of the fact that that tail end of the Eastern Conference is so weak. And that's something I think we'll go and touch on a little bit in our five winners and losers as far as it's coming up right here for you. But you're right. The future does look better for the Eastern Conference. Do they still match up with teams like the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets or Portland or Utah or Houston? I'm not so sure. But with Kevin Durant coming back as you know from an Achilles injury like that, I would still say two years down the line, not this season, not next season, but the season after that, If they go ahead and surround those two with a good supporting cast, I think you'll have to consider Brooklyn to be a strong play from the Eastern Conference because, like you said, with the moves that they made, they're going ahead and looking towards the future as far as two, three years down the line. It all depends on Kevin Durant's health and how soon he can come back to at or near full strength as far as his health is concerned. I think that is the key for them going forward. But you're right, probably this season is going to be a wash, maybe a bottom-tier playoff team at the most. But yes, the future is looking pretty good for Brooklyn. And it definitely is looking good for your Clippers, who right now, again, are the favorites. The Lakers also had a strong play. But there are some big winners and some big losers when it comes to free agency. So I want to start with you, my friend. Name me the five big winners, in your opinion, of this offseason. Well, my five big winners, one, you know, Brooklyn, who I just alluded to. I think they're one of them. I also have in there Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's winner, not because of really anything that they did. I think it's because of what some of these other teams that were in their way have done. Kind of olayed and let them to the front of the line. 
even last year, I thought they had some serious holes on their roster in the way they were constructed. I don't think those things have been solved, but I think with the kind of destruction of these other teams that it kind of opened the door for Milwaukee. So I have them. My top five, I have New Orleans. They're a more complete roster now than when they had Anthony Davis. And they didn't want to lose Anthony Davis because he's a superstar. And I get that, but you you replaced the superstar when you drafted Zion number one. You, you brought in some legitimate players to actually fill out the roster. They also lose Julius Randle, which Julius Randle was really good for them last year, but they look really good as far as construction going forward. They could be in two years, three years, you can be talking about them as uh, you know a top four seed. I think they, they really uh, did themselves a favor by swallowing their pride and, and, and shipping Anthony Davis for the best haul they could get so that they can improve their team. My number 14, the Lakers, to bring in that second superstar. You got to keep Kyle Kuzma in that deal, assuming that they're going to be healthy. I mean, they, they signed Danny Green to a two-year deal, which will push uh, your guy, KCP, to the bench, which is a better suited role for him. And with LeBron back healthy, who would all let them to the playoffs. So so you, you add Anthony Davis to that mix. And I think they're they're one of the big winners. And the biggest winner is my Clippers. Uh, <laughs> they got to bring in Ka- not only Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George, who I think finished third in MVP this year. And you you bring in Kawhi, who is the finals MVP. You bring in Paul George. You got to keep Montrez Harrell. You, you brought back Patrick Beverly. You got to keep Landry Shamit. They love the way Jerome Robinson played in, in playoffs. He's a guy who can shoot. He can handle the ball. They've alluded to him to eventually become a point guard. Simon Harkless, they have a complete roster, not to mention Lou Williams on the bench, and they're going to be a fun team to watch. I think defensively they might end up being the best team in the league, especially in this perimeter, basically. You don't really have guys down low that can dominate, so, so they are my big winners for this offseason. That's a great list right there for you. Once again, I'm talking to Anthony Barberin, our NBA man in the know. If you have any questions for Anthony or me or in regards to the NBA, whether it's free agency or anything of that nature, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My five big winners are somewhat similar. I'm going to go with that number five, New Orleans. I think they really did a nice job of, of getting a, a big haul, which at that time I thought was overpaying for Anthony Davis. But little did I know that what the Clippers would have to do, they would have to pay even more for Paul George. So New Orleans did a great job in getting a lot from the Lakers. I think that's going to hurt the Lakers long term. And I, I still have concerns about that. But you know what? Lakers had to do it to get Anthony Davis. And New Orleans made out like a bandit. I still question the J.J. Reddick signing. I don't know really where that fits because they have a lot of guards on that team. I think that was a little bit kind of curious, especially at the dollar amount that he was signed for. I understand that they need shooting, but I'm not sure if they would have been best suited for that. But you know what? In the next two years, three years, they're going to surround Zion Williamson with a whole bunch of talent, and they are going to be looking strong going forward in the future. Number four is Philadelphia. Yes, they did make some good moves, bringing in Richardson from Miami. They also brought in Al Horford and re-signed Tobias Harris. They did, unfortunately, not keep Jimmy Butler, who was traded to Miami, which I think is going to hurt them come crunch time. But the thing is, as you talked about, it is addition by subtraction. And the, I guess, lack of success overall for teams like, in my opinion, 
Toronto, Boston, also even to an extent Milwaukee by losing Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's going to even the playing field even more in the Eastern Conference. And you got to remember, the only reason Toronto became world champions is because of a shot by Kawhi Leonard that hit the rim four times and went in. So to me, Philadelphia could have easily been in that spot that Toronto was in. And in doing so, I think Philadelphia now puts themselves either at a number one or a number two slot in the Eastern Conference. So I think they are a winner in this offseason as well. Number three for me is Utah. Utah, just under the radar, just still did a very good job, not only getting Boyan Bogdanovich, but also as well Mike Conley from Memphis. Getting those two, along with some other small additions, really helped solidify that team and is going to make them a player in the Western Conference. Maybe not at the level of a Denver or a Lakers or a Clippers, but they are right there, right behind, nipping at their heels And if they're going to tweak it a little bit more, you could see even more competitiveness out of Utah. I I really think that they're going to have a say in what goes on in the Western Conference because of the moves that they did this year. Number two is Brooklyn. I think anytime you're going to get Kyrie and KD together, along with DeAndre Jordan, who we think is still overpaid, but still he had to come along with the deal. I think you're going to go ahead and make out. I think this move will not be fully realized this year, but in two, three years, as KD gets healthier, you're going to see the ramifications of it going forward. I still think when KD comes back, he'll be coming back at or near full strength and really show people out there why it was a good move for Brooklyn to be able to go ahead and sign him and Kyrie and make them players in the Eastern Conference here. Not next season, but in the season or two after that, they're really going to be looking strong then. And of course, number one, if you don't say the Clippers, you really don't know basketball because the Clippers, tremendous job by them. Oh, what do you know? Jerry West is part of it. You know, well, Jerry West goes to the Golden State Warriors. They win championships. Jerry West goes to the Clippers. They now put themselves in the position to be a champion. And all those little trades that they did, all those big trades that they did during, over the course of the past year, has really paid off with a lot of assets. And this is the reason why Danny Ainge in Boston is going to be on my loser list is because you took those assets and you used them and you got a prime time player. And I think the best way to say it was the night that Kawhi decided to go ahead and become a Clipper. It was an acquisition for all those draft picks and all those players going to Oklahoma City, not for just Paul George, but to get Kawhi as well. So that was a great deal by the Clippers to go ahead and garner that future for them. They're going to be looking strong. Like you said, defensively, they're going to be lights out. If they're not going to be number one, they're going to be number two or three right there as far as the best defensive teams. And nobody will want to face them in the playoffs. And they have now positioned themselves as the favorite in the NBA right now. So definitely a great move by the Clippers. And they are the clear winners this offseason. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Listen up, all you gamers out there. Miracle Fruit Oil is ramping up the deals on its awesome Vitabrace Gaming Wristband. Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve your gaming performance. Vitabrace will help you achieve your gaming goals, whether it's that single-player campaign, retro classic, or battle royale. Head on over today to MiracleFruitOil.com, and if you use the code VITABRACE50, you'll get half off on a Vitabrace Gaming wristband. 
or use the code buy one get one and it's buy one get one free that's right just use the code vitabrace50 or buy and the number one get and the number one today to get some great deals on some vitabrace gaming wristbands so check it out today at miraclefruitoil.com vitabrace win with it now we talked about the winners my friend we got to go ahead and talk about the five losers in your opinion for this offseason all right my five losers i have I actually <laughs> you have six new york knicks listen every year that dolan is the owner <laughs> you're still one of the worst offseasons as long as you're keeping him every year and i've been there as the Clipper who once had Donald Sterling, I know what it is to have a terrible owner. Every year, you're you're one of the biggest losers when you have to go into the next year with that kind of guy running your franchise. But the Knicks, they had all these plans, these five-point plan about all these guys that they were going to bring in, and they brought in none of them. And then they proceeded to sign three power forwards. I think they're not terrible in the fact of if you go long-term, I uh, like Kevin Knox, who they had last year. R.J. Barrett, Dennis Smith. So for the future, yeah. But for this this offseason, you you got nobody. You did you know you did yourself no favors. You claimed that you didn't even offer, or you didn't you had the foresight to not offer Kevin Durant the max. Like nobody believes that you're trying to save face. He didn't want to meet with you guys. He didn't want to be with you guys. To me, the Knicks they just they they did nothing. And the move, the subsequent move that they made did nothing. The Julius Randle move was a good move. But but why then sign Bobby Portis and Tosh Gibson? That's right, Tosh Gibson, yeah. So you, you signed three power forwards in one offseason. How are they all going to play together? They're not wing guys who, who who can play multiple positions. They're all power forwards. So it's, it's just like they don't have a plan. Oh, but you're right. Uh, they replaced Taj Gibson in Minnesota with Noah Vonley. That's how I got mixed right. up. So, so, yeah. And so it's like you, you guys, they, it seems like they're just muddling around. They thought they were going to be able to do something, and they had no plan B. They had no plan C. It was just free-for-all once that happened. So the Knicks are on my losers list. Houston. Houston for a number of reasons. One, it's clear that though they don't like playing, playing with each other over there. You have dissension with, with your two best players. And you're now feeling the impact of giving Chris Paul at his advanced age that kind of money. If I was Houston, this is a real issue. I think you had a chance to move forward. I would have moved James Harden. I know he's an MVP candidate. He's 36 points a game. He's an amazing player. You know, Durant's out. This is our opportunity again this year. But I think I think the window is closed on Houston. And then you look at what the Lakers did. You look at what the Clippers did. You look at who Denver is. You kind of missed your window, in my opinion, and, and this was the opportunity to go, let's kick this into a rebuild right now. Yes, you would have to keep Chris Paul for that rebuild because nobody wants that contract, but you could have shipped a great and a phenomenal player uh, to receive other players and, and other compensation to start rebuilding that team. I think this is going to be a case of a team that just held on too long. You're, you're gripping, you're grasping at straws at this point. Major opportunity two years ago. I think this year that opportunity is gone. Even with Durant out, you still couldn't beat Golden State. You went from being the second favorites in the Western Conference for a championship to now you're in the bottom half. So I, I think they missed an opportunity. So they're they're one of my losers. Oklahoma City, 
and it's really not for anything that they did or couldn't do. It was, you know, the Paul George thing. I think they came to a realization as well that, all right, it's time to kick this into a rebuild. So I, I have them on my list. Well, because with Oklahoma City, you got to remember, they are so extended over the salary cap. And for a small right. market team, that is a killer. And so they really had nowhere to go. As soon as, as soon as Paul George told Oklahoma City that I want to go, I want to go to L.A. Clippers and be with Kawhi, it's great that they did what they did as far as the massive haul that they got back. But with their financial situation, they really couldn't do much more to build upon that team that they had. Exactly. They didn't have any room to bring in any shirt, um, any, any guys who you know, could come into something or, or, or be a, a real asset to that team. And in, in the haul they got, they also got a rookie of the year candidate in she- Shea Gildress Alexander. You got Danilo Gallinari, who's an expiring contract. I, I think it's time for them to kick it into a rebuild. I think at some point, Russell Westbrook's going to be shipped off. I don't know if they'll be able to do it right now, but if they're at the at the bottom, uh, not even, you know, an outside looking in by the time the all-star break comes and some of these teams can trade away these players that they've signed. I think you might see him move, but to lose a Paul George and to realize, yeah, we're not, we're no longer in contention in that fashion. I think hurts my biggest loser is Philadelphia. They're, they're my biggest losers off season. Like I said, I have, I have Philadelphia pick to go to the finals and lose to the finals to go to state. And I, truly believe had Kawhi not hit a fadeaway, look to be left-handed, under-leg, three-pointer with no time on the clock, I think they are NBA champions. But to come back in the offseason, you lose Jimmy Butler, who to me is – that's the grit of the team. That's the tough guy. That's the guy who brings the attitude. That's the guy who brings the swagger. You let him go. You don't resign him, but you sign Tobias Harris, who I like, to a max deal, five years, 180 million. And I'm not trying to be in the guy's pockets, but you know, more power to him. I would have signed the contract too had I been him. But if you're Philadelphia, you don't sign Tobias Harris to a 180 million dollar contract. They're talking about the contract with Ben Simmons. If I'm Philadelphia, I let Ben Simmons play out. Find a jump Can't shot. Right. Not only do you not have a jump shot you refuse to even take a shot you're not a wing guy who can make cuts backdoor cuts and and score without the ball you have the ball in your hand you're a huge liability offensively unless you're in transition for this team and for me with the team that they already had to me what they were missing was a point guard who could score the basket now Ben Simmons can rebound he can pass he's really good defensively when he wants to be but you can't be a ball dominant guy and, and not be able to shoot or not even attempt to shoot for all the flack that Russell Westbrook gets. At least he'll take shots. You're a lot. You're a huge liability when you won't even take shots. It, it, it lessens what the defense has to prepare for. But another move that I didn't like with Philadelphia may actually like the move. I don't like the cost was the Al Horford move. Al Horford seems to be the only guy at least in the Eastern Conference, that can guard Joel and B. So you take that aspect away from other teams saying, we're going to bring this guy in and that's going to be the guy we, we put up against and beat. You, so you, you, you remove that. But are you going to play two 6'10", 6'11 guys together on the same court in today's NBA? 
you got a guy, you're paying him $27 million a year. Is he going to be the backup center? Why would you pay a backup center $27 million? Okay, he's a power forward. Who is he going to guard on the perimeter? And when you play teams with, with stretch fours or, or threes playing fours and they're playing small ball and you've got Al Horford and Joel Embiid on the court at the same time, I'll give you an example. When they play Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo is your power forward and Brooke Lopez is out at the three-point line, how are you going to guard that with two seven-footers or two 6'10 guys who are not really quick in the footwork aspect? How are you going to contend with them? With him putting the ball on the basket because your center is pulled out to the three-point line and he's just driving to the back. How are you going to stop him? So to me, I, I don't really like what Philadelphia did. You lost J.J. Redick. Yeah, you brought in Josh Richardson, but he's not a J.J. Redick shooter. So, yeah, he can do some other things. He's probably better defensively. He's more athletic. But I don't really think you helped yourself. I think you you subtracted from what you had with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris and, and J.J. Redick. And I think, you know, you spent a lot of capital that you didn't need to spend on, on a guy like Al Horford, who's 33, and you gave him a four-year contract, which means at 37, you're going to be paying him $27 million a year to be what at point. So I, I think Philadelphia is my biggest loser. I don't see how it helps. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. But I thought they could have catapulted themselves to the clear number one team in the Eastern Conference. And to me, they did some big swings and misses with what they were trying to do. So Philadelphia is at the top of my list, and I think that was four. I have a tie between Golden State and Sacramento. Golden State is really nothing of their own. They're a big loser because they lost Kevin Durant. I mean, that, that that is what it is. You lose Kevin Durant, you bring in D'Angelo Russell. You pay D'Angelo Russell a lot. I don't know if he works well with a team that moves the ball as much as they do to get people open shots. He's more of a ball handler, one-on-one, Kyrie-type step back, getting his own shot. As far as the pieces and the positions, it fits well. He can play the two. Uh, when, when Clay comes back, you can move him to the three. But... You lose Kevin Durant, you're a big loser. And then I have Sacramento as my 5B with the $13 million to Dwayne Dedman. I mean, yeah, you gave Harrison Barnes, you know, $85 million. I didn't like that move on, on either one of their parts. I think Sacramento would have given him that deal, so I wouldn't have done that if I was him. But to me, the Dwayne Dedman thing, you lost Willie Cauley-Stein, but you fired your – why would you fire your coach when you're on the cusp of the playoffs? You replace him with – Luke Walton, as if Luke is this veteran coach who's had, you know, mountains of success. He hasn't. I just don't see what Sacramento is is doing. I don't see how they made themselves better. And I think they had an opportunity to be better. They had all the progression that they needed. They had budding young stars. And you kind of did nothing to improve yourself this offseason when I feel like, uh, you know, a potential playoff spot could have opened up for you uh, and you're banking on your players that you currently have getting that much better and your new coach being able to bring that out of them when he wasn't able to bring it out of the young players that he had on his previous team. So Sacramento is my 5B. Those are my five losers for this this particular offseason. How does Harrison Barnes actually get these kind of contracts in the first place? I mean, he's a 20-point-a-game he's a scorer as a small forward. They're not paying him an absorbent amount of money. I think for a lot of us, and even me, sometimes I have to recalibrate my brain 
into the fact of how high the salary cap is in the NBA now, where 20 million a year was the max. And so, you know, a lot of times we look at these guys and we go, you're paying him $20 million a year, which for some of these guys, yes. Like, why would you pay him $20 million a year? But for some of these other, you know, maybe not star, just less than all-star caliber players, legitimate role, you know, uh, not role players, but rotation players, guys that are, you know, legitimate scores, legitimate players in this league that are fits on team. Like to me, for an example, Tobias Harris and Harrison Barnes are not that dissimilar players. And so I'm not giving, I'd much rather give Harrison Barnes 21 million a year than to pay Tobias Harris 36 million a year. That's a huge gap for guys that are 20 point a game scores. Harrison Barnes was a 20-point-a-game scorer in Dallas. Tobias Harris, this was his career high, I think, at like 21 points a game. So they're not great defenders. They're not great playmakers. Where is it that they're becoming these, you know, the gaps? So, I, you know, in, in terms of comparability and what you're paying, I, I, I would much rather pay Harrison Barnes 21 than 36 for Tobias. But yeah, like I said, you have to recalibrate into thinking that 20 million a year is kind of the new 13 million a year where it used to be a few years back where you get a guy for 14 million and he's kind of your your third best player. That's the new 20 million. So I think that's kind of why Harrison Barnes is getting these these contracts. I would much rather see Harrison Barnes on a team that is a winning team. I think he fits better on that type of team. I don't know how well a $20 million player like him fits on a young team unless, you know, as far as uh, Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox takes that next step and Marvin Bagley becomes, you know, a star. Then you see how they fit. I mean, I, I like the way he fit on a team like Golden State where he was the three and you're not paying him, on a, you know, max dollars, but he's very good at what he does for that team. I think that's a good fit, but for Sacramento to pay him, that kind of money when you uh, you have young players like De'Aaron Fox, like a Buddy Hill that you're going to have to pay. I don't know how well that plan was thought out. Exactly. And that's why in my list of the five big losers, they're right there on the cusp. The Kings and the Magic, as far as honorable mention, because like you said, Kings, it's Vlade. What can you say? It's, it's just it's Vlade. He does everything outside of the box, and in this case, outside of the box, it's not necessarily a good thing, but you know what? You took a team that was, like you said, on the cusp of the playoffs, and you might have actually signed them out into a maybe from a ninth-place team in the Western Conference that could have been looking up. You may have actually put them a step or two back with your maneuvers, and that's that's actually not the way you want to go. You're right. For a team that exceeded expectations, for a team like that, that was just wrong thing to do. I think some of the signings there were really very questionable. And the Deadman signing may go down as the worst of this offseason so far. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. 
Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. Competing with that also as well is the Orlando Magic. I mean, you get the same team back pretty much, but you're not better. You may be not worse, but you're just a whole lot more expensive by signing Terrence Ross, Alfaruk Aminu, and Nikola Vucevic. And getting those three right there and re-signing two of the three also hinders the progress of some of the youth that you got on that team that is really, really strong, that really needs a chance to play. So I see both those teams as honorable mention on my list. Number five, I'm going to go with the Lakers. But the simple fact is that they held all their eggs in the basket and held on and, and waited and waited and waited. And you know what? By waiting, you lost out on a lot of good free agents. And you and I talked about this. The wiser move would have been to go ahead and use that $30 million to sign really strong free agents. It left you in a position with Kawhi's decision. It left them scrambling for whoever they could pick up last and next. And yes, they did get Danny Green, pretty good pickup. I think it's a very solid player. And they picked up some other solid players as well. But they really could have made out like bandits if they had taken that $30 million and spent it earlier in the free agency season as opposed to later. Number four is a tie between last year's finalists, Toronto and Golden State. And you mentioned why as far as Golden State, the Golden State CEO, when you lose Kevin Durant. I think actually one of the big losers is Stephen Curry for having to fly over from Singapore or the Far East. Rumors say he had a scheduled meeting with Kevin Durant flew over from the Far East 14, 15 hours in, in order to go ahead and meet with him. And he had already announced he was going to go to Brooklyn while he was on the plane. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Stephen Curry could be one of the big losers this offseason in many ways. But it is his team now, officially. If it wasn't before, there is no competition. And we're going to see a Stephen Curry-based team where it's going to be heavily reliant on how he is going forward. So we could see an MVP-like season from him if Golden State stays anywhere near the hunt in the Western Conference, but that is going to be tough with the losses they suffered there. And Toronto, when you lose Kawhi, yeah, that really is a a killer for them. They lose Danny Green as well. Marcus All actually picked up his final year of the contract at $25 million, and that is going to be a killer on their contract to go ahead and acquire new individuals. You're basically putting all your stock into a very, very aging Kyle Lowry who gave you one last hurrah during the finals. Fred Van Fleet, who you're hoping is not going to be that just that player that, that exceeded in the playoffs and that was it. You're hoping he's going to take that going forward. And of course, Pascal Siakam is now the head of your team, is now the best player on your team. And he just has to get that consistency. If he does not get that consistency, it's going to be trouble for Toronto and them sliding down in the Eastern Conference. Boston, because we shouldn't be talking about the Lakers and the Clippers getting Anthony Davis, getting Kawhi Leonard, making these big, huge trades, because Boston should have been the one that made these big, huge trades to get these marquee players and instead signed Kemba Walker, which is solid, great player, very, very strong puts them in a position to be somewhere in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, maybe even top three. But still, in my opinion, Danny Ainge, Boston GM, had the chance for over two years 
with this big, huge cache of all these picks, all these young players, all these assets that you had, and you chose not to go ahead and pull the trigger on some big names. And you know what? It's come back on you, and it's come back hard with the Clippers doing everything that they could. You know, I think they would have thrown in the kitchen sink at the Staples Center if they could. <laughs> and same thing with the Lakers. They did pretty much the same thing. So they were willing to go ahead and pull the trigger on these deals, and Boston wasn't. So that's why I'm putting Boston in my list of biggest losers of this offseason. Houston, for the drama that you already described between James Harden and Chris Paul, and obviously if you're Aaron Gordon right now or or, or Clint Capella where you were just shopped around and, and you know rumors were out there as far as it's concerned left and right, as far as not only the dissension that's there, but also that they wanted to go ahead and get rid of your contracts. Those are some really, really things that – and in fact, Mike D'Antoni's situation as far as getting an extension, that's up in the air – I mean, that whole team right now is going to be in disarray, and really things are not looking bright and rosy right now for what was once a powerhouse not too long ago in the Western Conference. The second biggest loser is the New York Knicks because it's the New York Knicks. And then, like you said, as long as James Dolan is running it and running it into the ground, it's it's really just very head-scratching what they do. They sign these all these mediocre power-forward free agents – Julius Randle is a nice pickup at $22 million a year. We'll have to wait and see. He's going to be a very, very good player for you in fantasy basketball because he's going to get a lot of great stats on a really bad team. R.J. Barrett, you're hoping that he will become a great player. Dennis Smith Jr., can he realize his potential? You're going to have to see all that go forward into fruition because the offseason acquisitions by New York were not what you needed out of that to go ahead and grow your situation. And I think the biggest losers of the offseason are the so-called inside journalists with their sources and all that, that predicted all week long that Kawhi is going to go here, Kawhi is going to go there, 90% sure that Kawhi is going to go to the Lakers, 99% sure that Kawhi is going to go to Toronto, forget the Clippers, forget the Clippers, forget the Clippers, and he ends up on the Clippers. So all yep. these guys and gals out there with these inside sources, and this comes from someone who did graduate with a journalism degree and writes for a living and, and you know ha- talks to people left and right and interviews people for a living. And it's just crazy that you use all these sources to get all this social media buzz and things of that nature. You have no idea what you were talking about. You had no idea, no information, no insight. And as I read from Chris Haynes in Yahoo Sports, he got the word from inside sources in Kawhi's camp that the Kawhi's camp was just laughing at all these rumors that were going about, about all these people who said they were in the know. Chris Carter, the former Ohio State and Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, how does he know anything about the situation? He sounded like he knew he was on the inside. I I couldn't believe that. You, You had all these other people. Woj, stay quiet. Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN stayed relatively quiet. I think that was a smart move, and it proved to be the case. Chris Haynes and him broke the story. Credit to both of those individuals. But the Jalen Roses of the world, the Stephen A. Smiths, the you know all these other individuals, these Max Kellermans, all these talkers, all these all these loudmouths who said they they knew what they were doing and, and that they knew these sources that they had on the inside, quote unquote. They're the biggest losers of this offseason. And Chris Broussard. All these people that had these so-called inside sources, 
they're the biggest losers of the offseason because they all look like they have egg on their face. It's not about credibility anymore. Journalism is not about credibility the way it used to be. It used to be you found a guy who, you know, was honest about what he was hearing and, and what he knew. You know, journalism used to be you would credit your sources. Now it's just a mysterious sources. And it's a way to be able to say whatever it is you want to say without anybody being able to say that you were wrong. You can blame it on your sources, even though nobody knows who your sources are. And you can pretty much just say whatever you want. Nobody gets upset. It's about getting clicks. It's about getting likes. It's about, you know, getting as many people to follow you on whatever social media as you can and them tuning into you and in hopes of being right because you don't have to apologize anymore for, any longer for being wrong but if you're right then you get all the praise and all and, you know all the glory gets heaped upon you but if you're wrong you just move on to the next story and so that's where everybody is ball it's in football it's in baseball it's just hear these people just constantly throwing out their opinions on things they never knew i, I felt the same way about chris carter and he's just, oh, I'm telling you this and I'm telling you that. You're telling us what makes you the person who knows. Like, when did you become the forefront on basketball players? You, you're an NFL guy. How all of, how is it all of? See, NFL, I can understand. You, you got connections. You talk to people. People come to you. I get that. But how is it all of a sudden that NBA players trust you? Like, you, you have this, this connection with NBA players. When did that come about? And that's for a lot of these guys. And it's, it's it's the reason why a lot of these players, not Kawhi in this instance, but a lot of these players are starting to get fed up with their names being drug around and, and tossed around as if these people know them. And they're being judged on a lot of times what these journalists are saying about them in social media and what they know about them and what they're thinking in their mindsets in social media. And they've never even talked to the people they never talk to the players or the players don't know who they are. You see it with Kevin Durant and some of these other players getting into it with these guys because you get a little fed up with people creating rumors based on things you allegedly said or allegedly going through your mind and they're not. So I, I get it. Yeah. But that's the age that we're in right now. That is the age we're in right now. But I tell you what, my friend, it's always great to hear your voice when it comes to the NBA Kind of differing opinions on Philadelphia. I still think they're going to be very strong. I still think they've got a chance, especially with the losses in the Eastern Conference, to go ahead and make some waves. But we will save that, and we will table that for NBA preview coming up here in a couple months or less. It's coming around the corner. I'm going to tell you what, this offseason goes by so quickly. We were just ending the season. We are talking about the NBA Finals. Then we're talking about the draft, and now we're talking about NBA free agency. We get like a month off. I think we get like a break in August, and then it's right back to it. Training camp start, and the speculation begins, my friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Preseason is, is where it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. When we get to that point, you'll be able to see a little bit of, you know, your new players, especially if you've got new players. That You know, that that's one of the things. Your team is established in. You know, preseason is not a big deal, but when you got new guys coming on the roster, new stars, that's that's what you want to see. So I'm, I'm excited for that and uh, excited to talk about that. You know, we should have said the biggest winner of the offseason was the owner of the Staples Center because yeah. that place is going to be rocking every single game, rest assured. 
But it is Anthony Barbarin, our man in the know when it comes to the NBA. If you have any questions for him or me when it comes to the NBA for this upcoming season, whether it's fantasy basketball related, whether it's your opinion you want to share with us in regards to what's going on in the league, please share it with us. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, Game Source, and Inside Sports on all their social media we can go ahead and we'd love to hear from you and we'll go ahead and make sure we respond right back to you. Well, my friend, it's going to be a great season upcoming. I cannot wait for it. Give you a couple months rest to, you know, just take, catch your breath, but you right. go ahead and as well plan everything out because your Clippers, they did so well in the off season and it's been a tremendous, exciting, well worth talking about off season. I just can not wait for the NBA season to come up. It's just so wonderful to to have this kind of action take place. All these new faces in changing places. It's just so awesome to see. And my friend, it's so great to have you a part of the show right here on Inside Sports and, of course, on the Pop Culture Cosmos. 